We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can. What up? Welcome. It's Maggie and Perloff. A little nervous around here, not going to lie. At least yours truly. Very nervous, waiting on pins and needles over the Josh Allen injury and what's going to go on with his elbow pearl off because it looks like it's a UCL, which we yeah. mostly associate with pitchers when they get Tommy John. Ironically, the main symptom is pins and needles in your forearm. <laughs> just like, yeah. So you just curse Josh Allen. <laughs> He's fine. You saw that throw at the end of the Jets game. He threw it 70 yards down the field. Come on. Matthew Stafford's dealing with a similar injury, right? Yeah, and he's having I mean, a great year. Yeah, but it's not like he, he doesn't have... sarcasm in my voice. He, does, he has perfect arm strength. I don't know. Josh Allen's a big, tough guy. It feels like everybody's playing hurt. He's going to be fine. So the reason why the Josh Allen injury is significant, not just because people like me and for Bills fans like me, but also because of what it does to the rest of the landscape in the AFC. Like, let's just put aside, Perloff, your reassurances, and I appreciate your effort here, but let's just say that Allen's injury is not everything's going to be fine, or he does try to play through an injury, but he's 50% or 60% of what he was. He's so much of what the Bills do that this this would be significant, any kind of downgrade. What does that do to the rest of the AFC? Because I'm watching the Ravens last night, and I'm watching their defense now with Roquan Smith, watching Lamar go out and do Lamar things, even without his best weapon in Mark Andrews, and they still just put an absolute shellacking on the Saints. And I'm like, geez, I'm looking at the Dolphins, who have a great offense. Obviously, the Chiefs, that goes without saying, they're amazing. I'm looking at what the Bengals did on Sunday, which got almost no love at all. Joe Mixon scores five touchdowns. I'm looking at the AFC. The Patriots are up and down, yes, but they were obviously very dominant against the Colts. Cost Frank Reich his job, maybe. This the pa- it, oh my gosh the now Chargers, you're now you're barrel scraping the, the Chargers, Chargers who go on the road yeah. and beat the Falcons there is so much there's so much still to be don't forget the Texans are one six and one <laughs> but they are just inches away from a turnaround is there any you just named the entire AFC and Buffalo is better than every single one of those teams but and far better dimin- than some of them but with a diminished Josh Allen that's what changes this conversation we thought and we've been saying this there's two good teams in the AFC the Bills and the Chiefs yes. who's the third best we cannot come it's up the with the answer it's it, well we know it's the Ravens now, now. we know it's the Ravens now we know it's the Ravens sorry but, it was even a question it's definitely Definitely the Ravens. However, <laughs> the Allen injury, whatever extent it's going to be, if it limits at all, it changes the outlook of the AFC. It just does. But we knew Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are good, but we also know they're not a threat to the Bills in the playoffs. They're not designed to beat a team like the Bills in the playoffs because we know that because Buffalo's beaten them. Why would that change? What's different about this well, Ravens team compared to where the Bills? The Bills are probably better than the last couple times. That, well, actually, how many times they played the Ravens? Once. Once. once and they beat them relatively easily. Well, it was a really low-scoring game. Yeah, Lamar got concussed, right? No offensive touchdowns. Right. Yeah. So Buffalo, basically, in that situation, was able to just put a super spy on Lamar Jackson, and we still haven't seen Lamar Jackson win in the playoffs. So why, why now? What's different about the Ravens? They have less weapons than they did in those previous years, 
and Buffalo is presumably better. Okay, but look at the Ravens' defense which the Saints' offense had been able to score points and move the ball. They held yeah. them last night. And yeah, but the Ravens' defense was great every year. They're yeah, always but great. I know, but, man, Roquan Smith and, what, and what's going on with Justin Houston. Like, he's yeah. turned back the clock to be 26 again. I mean, this is wild. And so I, I, it's just really impressive. And it, let alone what the Kansas City Chiefs did. Which yeah, forget was, it. That's your problem. Forget but, Could you stop talking about the Dolphins and the Ravens and the Chargers? You are going to face the Chiefs in the in the AFC second round of divisional or the conference championship game. That's you have to worry about. You can beat all these teams if Josh Allen is healthy. Okay, but that's the big if, and we still don't have the answer on how on the extent of the injury. Now, Sean McDermott was speaking to the media this morning, tried to provide an update. Here you go. We all know Josh and how competitive he is, and he loves to compete, loves to be out there with his teammates. So you know, I would never count him out. Uh, but that is a, that is a that's the one thing I do know about him is is that right now the, the medical piece uh, we're still evaluating and I'll know more again for myself even tomorrow morning a little bit more. Oh, you speak Sean McDermott, Maggie. Trans- <laughs> translate to us. Yeah, I'm not to I us non Bills language yeah. specialist. Uh, let me put it through the do 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 and let me spit out what that means is like Josh is going to play hurt. And that's also something <laughs> yeah, that I don't yeah. love, you know. I'd almost rather if it is something serious and it's going to take I don't know if it's going to take three weeks, four weeks, I'd rather have them actually fully heal than try to play through. Now, I've talked to you about how much I think home field advantage matters for Buffalo. Well, that was the missing piece last year. And Mm. if that game had been in Buffalo against Kansas City, I do think the Bills win that game. But to be honest, like if you have to sacrifice the home field, if it means that Josh Allen's fully healthy, you have to do it. I know there's no guarantees in the NFL, collision sport. He could get hurt at any time. But if it's time off for a month and you get him back to as close to 100%, that's a no-brainer for me. But this coaching staff and the Bills are not they are not thinking that way because they never think that way with Josh Allen. They've, <laughs> they've tried to tell him not to take hits. He still takes hits. They've tried. They never take him out of games. Like, even if it's a blowout, they n- rarely ever take him out. It's like, it's like pulling teeth. They, he's put himself in harm's way. They put him in harm's way. He invites contact, unlike Lamar Jackson, who avoids contact. And now it's like the receipts, you know, the, or the bill is due, no pun intended, because of all that punishment. So their upcoming schedule, they have Minnesota in a big game this week in Buffalo. Then they have the Browns. I think it's still pre-Deshaun. It's pre-Deshaun. Pre-Deshaun. Deshaun's and then, coming back when they play, when the Browns play the Texans. Then they have the 12-30 Thanksgiving Day game against the Lions. Yep. Josh is not going to miss that. He's going to want to play in that. I, you know <laughs> I don't I think he wants to miss any of these games. But So they have a highly paid backup in Case Keenum. You know, I'm obviously biased. He went 13-3 and with a Vikings team with, that was not as good as this team. He has a lot of success, proven success with, with Stefan Diggs. He can win. Yeah, you know, it's definitely not ideal. No. I don't know if he can win Minnesota, but he can keep them afloat a little bit here. The question is, at 6-2, and two, to get home field over the Chiefs, you really have no wiggle room. And that's probably why you're right. I don't think they're going to sit him. No, and like think about it. if you're a Chiefs fan today, if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan, if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, which we know we have a lot who listen to the show, you got to be feeling awesome. Samter is a Jets fan. We can wipe the smile off this guy's face. And now you even have like, again, it's the AFC is so open here. And did you notice like money like coming in on Miami to win the division yesterday? No, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. So what did the odds change from? It went, I believe, from, it was like plus, Oh, it went down to like plus 550 or something. So we were talking, 
today uh, before the show about who's the third best team. Is Miami better than Baltimore? The last two games, they beat Detroit 31-27, and they beat the Bears 35-32. That, to me, is an indictment of that team, not a strength. How do you and how many times did Tua, who we all love, underthrow Tyreek Hill? I don't know. Did you really see an elite team uh, that is in the same com- conversation with the Bills, the Chiefs, and now the Ravens? So Miami already beat the Bills once. So, yeah, that was garbage. Well, I mean, it happened, and it's on the ledger. Like that's just the facts. And I see an offense that looks really good. Maybe Tua underthrowing Tyreek Hill, but maybe sometimes you can call, you can draw a. Uh, P.I. on that. I mean, maybe there's something to it. I don't know. Tua is the big wild card because if he gets another concussion, you worry about him like his health, like him as a person, let alone as a football player, if you had three in a season. But I think Miami's offense is totally legit. Tyree Kill's on pace to have more mm. yards than he's ever had in his career. I mean, that's not a fluke. That This is legit offense. Okay, so their next game is Cleveland. Who knows? Then they have a bye week, then Houston, then at San Francisco. Look who Tua has beaten since he got back. He beat the Steelers 16-10. to 10. Yeah. That's, First game back after That's a very bad. Then he beat the Lions 31-27, and I just mentioned the Bears. That Dolphins team has not been tested. Okay, but don't you think – you're thinking about the Bears differently, aren't you, at no, the very least? No, The defense the Bears is bad. Just tank, they're tanking. No, but the, the defense is bad. They've, like, traded away their best pieces, but Justin Fields has unlocked something. The coaching yeah, staff has unlocked – Yeah, running on every play, but – Still, the Bears, they're not a good team. But they're on the ascent. That looks like a better win than I think it did a month ago. They're on the ascent because they got one win over the Patriots. They've dropped five out of the last six games. They were they actually this is the first game that they were even close in out of those. They're, they're not they're really a, they're a tougher out. Based on what? First of all, they started out two and one. How are they on the ascent? Well, they beat the Patriots in New England, which yeah. is really difficult. And then they did hold their own in that Cowboys game until it got to be a blowout late. Okay. I mean, again, they started out two and one. They beat San Francisco week one. Well, was, that was a weather game though. I yeah, mean I, I don't know. They've actually they've been a pretty pretty evenly mediocre team. I do you know what I'm saying? The Dolphins, we still have not seen them. I'd like to see them. Do you really think, do they look like a team to you that's going to win a bunch of playoff games? They're a team to me that looks like definitely a playoff team. It depends who they draw and what happens in the but playoffs, we're talking about but they the, look like solidly a playoff team. They, but are they a threat in the AFC? Yeah, I think when you have an offense like that, yes. You've got Tyreek Hill, you've got Waddle, you've got an improved running game now with Mike McDaniel. Yes, I think so. I mean, they're so aggressive. Like, I don't know if, if, if they'll do some kind of bonehead decision you can't do in the playoffs, like a bizarro fourth down in your own territory type of thing. But, yeah, I think the Dolphins are really good. I'm not there yet. All right. 855-212-4CBS. I'm not there on all of those teams you mentioned, except for the Ravens, Chiefs, and Bills. I see it as a three-team race right now. Sorry, the Chargers, you mentioned them. Come on. Chargers, they're going to charge it up. (laughs) They basically charged it up against the Falcons. (laughs) I don't know how they won that game. I don't think anyone I know watched that game. That was so bizarre. It just it feels like we came into the season saying the AFC was going to be this juggernaut. The AFC, AFC, AFC West is going to be unstoppable. That's just not the reality of the situation. It's a very top-heavy conference. I will agree with you on that, and that's because the Raiders and the Broncos did not live up to their end of the bargain. And the Colts. And the Colts as well, right, who are we'll get to next because when we went off the air yesterday at 6 o'clock Eastern time, little did we know what was in store for us <laughs> later. What an amazingly bizarre press conference. I mean, that one's going to go down as an all-timer. Oh, yeah. 
there were things that were said yesterday around 8 p.m. You know things are bad when your press conference is going up against Monday Night Football. That's never, or maybe that is ideal, I guess, if you want to hide it. There were things said yesterday that I still can't believe. By the way, I will defend Jim Irsay. Every statement he said is factually true. (laughs) Every single one. Uh, yes. Show me, point to one thing. When you when you separate them all out and you actually look at them under a microscope, yeah. they all hold up. If you put them all together, you might run into some trouble. I admit that. <laughs> but I'm a defend Jim Irsay. When, I mean, well, okay. We're going to play the sound for you. You're going to decide for yourself if you should be defending Jim Irsay today. Hey, is he in a winning quartile? That's all I want to know. That I do. Does he know what a quartile is? I do not. But, <laughs> but I'm. How can we? How can we say he's wrong? Do you know what a quartile is? Um, is it a real word? I don't even know. I, I'm. I, I think it was a word. Is a seventh grade math quartiles? <laughs> I'm serious. Ross shrugged. Is it a thing? I know. No one knows on the show. No clue. Quartiles. <laughs> Wrong I mean, show. But, I mean, it exists. It's just whether anybody actually refers to the quartile in the NFL. Oh, okay, it does exist. I, yeah, I don't know. Quartile is like you know, like first quarter. It's like the top quarter of the league, and the, I mean, the Colts are in the top quarter of the league when it, when when you're talking about winning percentage right. and what he's talking about. But we'll we'll get into it. Yeah, that's something Jim so. Irsay said. Yeah. Okay. So quartile is a synonym of quarter. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's only. The biggest questions that get dissected on this show, and we always get to the bottom of everything. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. The press conference was ridiculous. We're going to play the sound for you. Also, a Josh Allen elbow injury and how it impacts the rest of the AFC. For the Ravens fans, for the Dolphins fans, obviously the Chiefs were already one of the best teams in the AFC. For the Patriots fans, for the Chargers fans, this is big. Very, very, for the Jets fans out there. This is very, very big. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. It is Maggie and Perloff hanging out with you on Tuesday. Give us a ring. Get involved early and often on the show. We'll be back in a moment with some Jim Irsay sound you've got to hear. Don't move. It's Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network, Sirius XM Channel 158, and the free Odyssey app. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, tough night for Team Dalton last night. <laughs> All one of you. Yeah, again, I could sit here and make excuses, and I will later in the show. Sure. Because it's completely not on him. There's so many reasons. I I can't even begin to list them. But a lot of people were distracted last night because it was a bit of a boring game, the Ravens-Saints. But luckily, we were all entertained by the Jeff Saturday introductory press conference, which interestingly was scheduled for 5 p.m., then went to 6 p.m., or basically they pushed it back three times to go to 8 o'clock Eastern. Yeah. Now, do you think, Maggie, that this was intentional because somebody brilliantly in the PR staff said, you know what, let's have this start the same time as the game so we don't have to deal with the fallout of that? Well, that wouldn't be too brilliant of a plan because this, there's this thing called the internet now <laughs> and we all have access to it. And, but that uh, would have been worse. Rec- if it was 1 p.m., that would have been worse. Um, it's all bad. Like, I don't, you can't hide anymore, <laughs> you know? Everything's on the internet forever. So we should go through some of the, yeah. the highlights here, the greatest hits, if you will, uh, from Jim Irsay and from Jeff Saturday because this is a... You can read this in a lot of different ways, this hire of Jeff Saturday to be the interim head coach for the Colts. From the just, you can laugh at it because of how bizarre it is. You can be totally befuddled by it because it makes no sense. It doesn't, how does someone with no coaching experience all of a sudden get this job? You can be outraged by it because of all the minority coaches who have worked for years and years to would love an opportunity like this, an audition like this, and are not getting it where someone like Jeff Saturday gets to skip the line. There are so many different elements to this. So let's just add Jim Irsay and his bizarro press conference to just light the fuse. So let's start out with Jim Irsay talking about Jeff Saturday not having any coaching experience. That doesn't worry him. I'm glad he doesn't have any NFL experience. I'm glad he hasn't learned the fear that's in this league. That's because it's tough for all our coaches. They're afraid. They go to analytics, and it gets difficult. I mean, he doesn't have all that. He doesn't have that, that fear, and there was no other candidate. We were fortunate that he was available, um, and he has tons of experience. Okay. So let's just take that, the two big things in there. Number one, he's happy that Jeff Saturday doesn't have experience. He likes that about him because he won't have the fear, Perloff. So basically, if you work in the analytics department at the Indianapolis Colts, pack up your stuff and just walk out. Because Jim Irsay basically told you Jeff Saturday is coaching this team from his gut. Yeah, that's probably true. But the funny thing is, I know what he's talking about with the fear, about most coaches coaching afraid. We've talked about this, I believe. That is a big problem with NFL coaches. They, they look at the situation and say, what can I do to avoid getting fired? Now, <laughs> I do think this, I'm not saying Jeff Saturday is going to work, but he does have a slight advantage of there's never been a coach who entered the NFL with less expectations. If he's afraid, <laughs> what, what does he have to be afraid of? I mean, nobody on earth thinks this is going to work. Okay, but you yeah. might think no expectations, but I mean, there is a lot riding on this, right? There's nothing riding on this. He could go 0-8 and, and everyone be like, 
That's exactly what we expected. Yeah. What is possibly riding on this? Well, I think that you have people who are outraged that a minority candidate was not given an opportunity here, was not even considered, we found out yesterday from Jim Irsay, because no one else was considered. Jeff Saturday was the only candidate, according to them, and they were just happy he was available. So if he ends up going over. That's going to look, they already look like they don't have a clue. That's going to make them look even worse. I don't think, I don't think it matters to Colts. I don't think they brought him in to win games necessarily. Did they sort of change the culture or something? So you're saying they expect, they brought in Jeff Saturday to win football games? That doesn't make any sense. Well, I thought they brought him in to fully tank because they need to get a quarterback. (laughs) That sounds more accurate than, I don't think there's any pressure on him to win here. Is there? I mean, dude's never coached an NFL game. Okay, well, he literally said in this press conference, I'm auditioning for 31 other teams. Sure. So that means he doesn't even care about winning for the Colts. Okay, let's listen to it. Yeah. Here's a great part about my career. I came in, nobody expected anything. I'm here, nobody expects anything. If it goes well, hopefully it'll go extremely well. But I have no uh, preconceived notion that I'm going to be some spectacular anything. I know i got to work hard. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm auditioning not only for this one, but for, for 31 others, just like everybody else in this game. Okay, so that to me, though, is like, all right, so Jeff Saturday, so you want to be a coach then, right? You're auditioning for this job and for 31 others. Yeah. You want to be a coach. Why did you go be an assistant then? I mean, I'm not saying that guys can't go from the media to the sidelines. We've seen it happen in basketball. It has worked. It worked with Steve Kerr, yeah. won a title in his first year. But if you really wanted to be a coach that badly, why didn't you go become the offensive line coach for the Colts? Why didn't you go become an assistant uh, assistant coach? Reggie Wayne is coaching the receivers. So he's, wait, are you he's ripping? just as responsible for your Super Bowl as you are. Are you ripping Jeff Saturday now? No, I'm just it wondering. It sounds like you are. Well, I mean, kind <laughs> of. How could you rip? That's like if Jim Irsay had hired Stu, you would rip Stu. Why are you ripping Jeff Saturday for the most random hire in the history of the world? The owner of the Colts called and said, hey, do you want to come coach my team? What was he supposed to say? No, no. He, he can say yes. Yes, but I'm just telling you, it's go that in itself. I think is what if people are getting some certain people are getting upset about this because why does Jeff Saturday get to skip the line? And even okay, even in the Rooney Rule topic, yeah, the Rooney Rule it seems way down the list of the things that are wrong with them hiring Jeff Saturday. The there's a thousand other qualified coaches of every race possible that they're passing over to get somebody out of ESPN who coached in high school for three years and was 20 and 16. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> no one mentioned his record in the high school. Level. Yeah, I just think this is so this this move is so from outer space to put it. I think that's almost belittling the Rooney Rule topic because the Rooney Rule topic is about hiring coaches under normal circumstances. How I think that they need to owners need to open their eyes to a whole set of candidates who previously have not been considered. Right. That's about serious hiring jobs for the 32 NFL teams. This Jeff Saturday thing is just so random and weird, and it's midseason, and nobody thinks it's going to work, including him. He didn't even say, I'm going to win games here in Indianapolis. He said, I'm trying out for 31 other teams. <laughs> he has no expectations. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just going to wing it. So this is not like the normal hiring process. I don't think this is sort of a reflection of the way it's normally done at all. No, of course it's not, because this is Jim Irsay, so everything's bat bleep crazy. But I would say he gets an audition that other people would kill to get. You know, like that, you know, there were, there have been interim head coaches who have gotten into that, you know, interim spot, and then from that have gotten head coaching jobs. I think about Anthony Lynn is one of them that just is the first one that pops into mind. So, like, the idea that it's, like, this sort of willy-nilly gets given to Jeff Saturday because, like, the owner has, like, a gut feeling about it. 
And he brings up at one point, he he brings up um, uh, Don Shula. And he talks about how Don Shula was not successful in his first three years, right? And like how it just, you had to stick with it. He had to get, you know, experience. I think they're hoping that Jeff Saturday becomes the future head coach of the Colts. So, like, how if you interview for the Colts and you're a minority candidate in the offseason, how would you ever think you're getting a real interview? Why uh, wouldn't you think it's just a sham interview like the NFL has been accused of year after year after year? Okay, if Jeff Saturday does something here that earns him the job next year, then I'll be as full as everybody else. Uh, do you think he's going to win games here and get the job? He's, he's not being put in a position to succeed. I don't know if winning games is the criteria that Jim Irsay is looking for to give the head coaching job to okay. Jeff Saturday. All I know is that the tables just got totally tilted in, in his favor See, with, no, with no experience. What if they had hired Tariq Glenn, who yeah. was in that clip where Peyton Manning was yelling at yeah. Jeff Saturday? He was the left tackle on that Colts team. Yeah. Just got the, into the ring of honor, The right? fact that he's African-American would have made that hire okay, even though he has no coaching experience and he's doing something completely different. No, of course not. It would have been just as bizarre a hire, equally bizarre as Jeff Saturday. To me, it's just no, it's not this about, is such an unusual hire that to, to use the normal discussion about coaching hires, it makes no sense to me. No, but it's not about like whether one former player or another former player can come from the sidewalk, you know, can come from the street and come in and coach. It's about all the other candidates you have presumably in your own building that would be a better fit for this than Jeff Saturday. Right. White or black. Right. Who, whomever, yeah, but mean, yes, especially for the minority coaches who have worked so hard to try to get opportunities and they get passed over for Jeff Saturday. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I, I understand that, but it just feels like this situation is so strange. Like that's what happens in the off season when they make these coaching decisions. And that's a real smart an interesting and important discussion. They just hired Jeff Saturday off of Get Up. <laughs> well, assuming... <laughs> apparently he's been a consultant for the team for years. I that we found out yet yeah, that yesterday as well. Uh, I, I don't know. It just seems so strange to me, this whole thing. Like, if you listen to more Ursay quotes, to actually judge him like a normal owner hiring a normal coach yeah. seems like we're it fool's errand to me. It, you know, we're applying logic to an illogical situation. Well, he did talk about his Colts franchise. And he wanted to make sure to point out just how solid of a franchise they've been. Expectations are high here. Look, we're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. All right, that means in the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. That's rare air. <laughs> I, I looked up quartile. I guess that's a big expression. Actually, I'm surprised. Are they really fourth over the last? I guess Peyton was there for a yeah. while. Then Andrew Luck. And then Andrew Luck. Like, then, think that's where, if I were the Colts and I'm really trying to have an honest conversation about what I am as a franchise, why do you think you've won all those games? Well, like, they won, actually. They've won the last two years since Luck left. Right. Maybe they had a good coach in Frank Reich. Is that possible? That maybe Frank Reich actually was a good coach, but the fact that they've never solved the quarterback situation and went year to year to year since Andrew Luck retired, which, by the way, Andrew Luck retirement did get brought up yesterday by Jim Irsay, completely unprovoked. They asked him, have you ever, you've never fired a coach midseason before? And he's like, yeah, well, I never had a 29-year-old quarterback retire on me either. It's like, Jim, let it go. <laughs> it's been years. You've had years to fix this. And they never have. And whether it was they had 2019, they've had five years to fix this. That's how is that five? No, they've had because it's Jacoby Brissett, and then they had uh, Philip Rivers, 
and then they had Carson Wentz, and then this year, Matt Ryan. So I guess four years. Yeah, but the Jacoby Brissett was two the weeks backup. before the season right. started. Right. I, I don't know. It's It has not been that long since Andrew Luck retired. A lot of friends, what, what were they supposed to do? Draft, Jal- that- draft Jalen Hurts? Not trade a first-rounder for DeForest Buckner? And use that to maybe try to get a quarterback? I mean, we can play the one. I think they game. traded. Did they trade Buckner to, to build around? Uh, was that before Luck was? Anyway, the point is, it's not that easy to find a franchise quarterback. It's not like, oh, they screwed up. They didn't take Jalen Hurts. It's not easy, but they haven't even tried. So, yes, it's not that easy once you they actually take the guy. Picks. They they do have draft picks. They didn't have a second. They decided to take Michael Pittman. You're they decided gonna... to take Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. You could have taken a quarterback. Your Philadelphia Eagles found one when you already had, presumably, a quarterback, even in Carson Wentz. Oh, come on. You think it's that easy to find a quarterback in the second round? Name three other good second-round quarterbacks. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying try. Because the one thing about this they, league— They drafted Jacob Eason, did they? In the fourth round? Actually, did they draft Eason or did the, somebody else like draft? They drafted some guy like Sam that. Sam Ellinger in the sixth. That's not exactly addressing the most important position on the football field. If I'm a general manager and I'm a, a general manager of an NFL team, my job description has a million things in it, but the one thing I actually have to do is find the quarterback. That's the one thing that I have to do before anything else. And they let years pass without it. And now look at what happened. Now they have Matt Ryan and he's... Got no arm. So, okay, your issue is that they took a defensive end at 21 when they could have taken Jalen Hurts. I mean, I think... Jalen Hurts. Yeah. You you knew Jalen Hurts was going to be so good? I thought it was interesting. Well, it's not like... The Eagles didn't even take him in the first round. I know, but it's not like... But that could be everyone else's miss, obviously, if he's an MVP candidate now. Because it's not like Jalen Hurts had a low profile in college. You know, well, then how come fifty-three teams pass on him? Well, maybe not everyone's situation is the same, and not everybody is should have been looking at the quarterback position with the urgency that the Colts lacked. I mean, <laughs> they were did... trying to string together these free agents, and I'll be honest, a lot of people thought it wasn't the worst strategy because they built a team that was ready to win with Andrew Luck. Yeah, so they have this great team there. They don't have a high; they're too good to get a high draft pick because they keep making the playoffs. So they thought they were going to string together these free agents. It's not the dumbest strategy. Were you ripping Matt Ryan before the season? Well, I didn't think Matt Ryan had a lot left. But I still thought they were going to win the division because I thought the Titans were going to take a right. step back. I mean, it's it... hardly like you were saying, God, they really screwed up by not taking a second-round quarterback this year. I doubt you said that. I mean, Well, just trying to try to shore up that position for the future. Let's talk. Let's uh, listen again to Jim Mersey talking about, uh, well, he thinks it's actually quite easy to build a championship contender. Yes, there's a maturation curve. Shula was 32 years old. He had three nondescript years with the Detroit Lions before he took over the reins in 1963. No, the game is not different. We don't build rockets to go to Mars. We're not nuclear scientists. That is none of our jobs here. It's a very simple jobs that we do here. <laughs> I mean, if it was that simple, you guys would have won a Super Bowl, I think, since Peyton Manning left. I, he makes it sound like it's so easy. Like, like what? Anyone can come in here and coach and coach the wait, team. Wait, wait, wait. I don't Aren't know. Aren't you the one who said offensive linemen are just basically pushing someone around? <laughs> I, I didn't say it was simple. And I did say I didn't say they weren't important. <laughs> I didn't say they weren't important. I, I, well, again, I, I have the ability to defend. Ursay saying it's it comes down to blocking and tackling. All this stuff about Sean McVay and the fancy movements. He's saying that's all crap. It's all it's all who's a tougher physical team, right? That's what he's trying to say. Yeah, but he's also, I think he's also trying to say, like, it should be easy to build a winning culture, and it's easy to sustain that winning culture, and I think that's probably not giving his coaches enough credit, and 
I don't know what kind of culture Jeff Saturday is going to bring into the team, but I think that's devaluing what guys like Tony Dungy did, like what Jim Caldwell, who was his interim coach, you know, what, uh, you know, uh, Chuck Pagano, Bruce Arians, whoever these guys, Frank Reich, like they have kept a good culture. I've never heard anything bad about the Colts. It kind of makes it seem like he takes it for granted. Like the, the coaches, you know, weren't instrumental in that. Like it was like a top down. Like what Jim, what's Jim Ursay doing? Well, the reality is, I mean, it's been a, a good culture. I know they've had good quarterbacks, but they've had a good culture for 30 some odd years. Top we, quartile. Top quartile of <laughs> top the top of quartile, the top quartile inside the top quartile. Yeah. We're in the top but, quartile of that upper quartile. So at the end of the day, like if we're talking about multiple coaches, multiple quarterbacks over the course of multiple decades, don't we have to say that maybe Ursay knows how to build the good culture within his, I mean, Robert Kraft, great culture. Dan Snyder, terrible culture. It doesn't matter who the coach or the players are and who's in the front office. It's always a bad culture. So maybe but, the owner does have something to do with it. Maybe Ursay doesn't get enough credit. Help me out here by it for a second. Top quartile, the top quartile would actually mean top two because if you're in the top quarter of the top quarter. Well, so he does fourth. a triple quartile. So he says we're the top quartile of the upper quartile of the top quartile. So basically he's saying they're, they're the, the number best. one team in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Now, by the <laughs> way, I, mean, I don't know if anyone at the Colts is the best team in the country. So that we might all be know. And they, he did say one thing that was totally, either him or Ballard said one thing. There's obviously one reason Jeff Saturday's here. Because they're supposed to have the best offensive line in football. And they have been a complete sieve all year. So they're bringing, now I don't understand this. They're bringing Saturday to inspire that, that offensive line to fix that. Right. Do they have to bring him in to be the head coach to do that? <laughs> That's what I weren't you wondering the same thing? Yeah, like can't you just hire him to Yeah, just hire him, have him in the building and then make John Fox or somebody or whatever. I don't know. The somebody who's there, make them the head coach. Yeah, I, it seemed like also he's got to be the head coach now. You can maybe focus in on one position yes. group, but usually the head coach is like, you know, kind of just busy putting out fires all over the place. Is how much time is he going to have to work directly with the offensive line? Last night, actually, during the press conference, Saturday said, I've met with all the offensive, but I haven't met with any of the defensive yeah. coaches yet. I mean, he's like, to his credit, he's like, I'm drinking drinking out of a fire hydrant right now. Yeah, There's yeah, a lot he, going on. He did, as we pointed out yesterday, he did a media interview at 9.30 that morning. Oh. When was he supposed to meet with the coaches? It is crazy. You're exactly right. He's in there to help. Quentin Nelson in the offensive line. He's going to have no time for that because they made him the head coach. <laughs> Quentin Nelson, meanwhile, maybe shouldn't have gotten that huge contract after his foot injury. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's well, not that, coaching. Let's not. Do not say he is the greatest interior lineman I've ever seen play. He's a Darrell Revis of offensive guards. <laughs> I, I've i never seen a guy who's pushed people around as you yes. your terminology more yeah. than him. They should have a great offensive line. I mean, I think coming into the season, a lot of us thought they were going to be really good. Because they had that great offensive line and Jonathan Taylor – the running back and Taylor got hurt, but it all went wrong. So basically they have to come out and be a smash mouth football team. Now why they needed to hire this guy out of the booth to do that. I don't know, but I think your, your criticisms are a little too real for a situation that feels <laughs> surreal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I'm, what? I'm applying real world logic. Like if a guy things? in the corner yeah. is yelling at the moon, you're not going to sit and argue with him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not saying that that's I mean, what Ursay's doing, but I mean, yeah, I guess that when he's saying that Jeff Saturday has plenty of experience and this is just was his intuitive yeah. decision to make Jeff Saturday the head coach, forgive me if I want a little bit more. Yeah, I know, but it, you're going to bother yelling at the guy who says all that? It feels like feels like you're not going to make any impact on him. Is he's going to do what he wants to do. Is it so much to want like an NFL owner to just be rational? Yes, you're. Yeah, that's now who's How being irrational. There's one person in this equation who's irrational. It's Maggie Gray. <laughs> Clearly, I'm way out of my depth here. I don't speak fluent. Ursa eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. 
Man, Colts fans, I don't know if you felt any better or worse after that press conference yesterday. It can't be better. (laughs) Good luck with all that. Coming up, two head coaches have been fired in the NFL. Who could be next? Perloff and I get to that in just a moment. Time for a CBS Sports update. Here's Rich Ackerman. That time of the week, Maggie, the Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Okay, I'm, I, I'm so not ready. I forgot it was <laughs> no, Tuesday. No, no, no. You, I totally forgot. Do not, you can't do research for Navy Federal. you got to go off a gut to understand, Stu. He is old school, like the cult. <laughs> He's the Jim Irsay of the Navy Federal. But you He's going off of I'll intuition. I'll tell you right now, you don't even need to look it up because I know it. Okay, what is it? It is the first ever Navy Federal Credit Union split player of the week because he could not decide one player between the two Patriots defenders, Matthew Judon and Josh Uche, and he split the Navy Federal Credit Union defensive player of the week. Can you split it? Yeah, why not? Stu can do whatever he wants. I know. He's in charge. There are no rules when it comes to Navy Federal defensive player (laughs) of the week sponsored by Navy Federal. Um, So that's my number one choice. I have it. I have. Well, actually, I guess it's one and two. Wait, how about oopsie doopsing us? Roquan Smith was so good last night. I know Stu doesn't love to do reaction off of Monday Night Football, but traded to a new team, and he was awesome against Camara. No, I think he would he would go on Justin Houston or Justin class. Houston maybe. But I mean, there were some really big defensive plays by the Astros to beat Ooh. the Phillies in games three and or four and five. So I mean, I think they're oh actually the guy who baseball that guy who dove up the uh, the wall. Maybe, little, maybe, maybe Trey Mancini at first base or, or the guy in uh It was the guy field? in right field. Why am I forgetting this? The guy who jumped up yeah, on the ninth inning. Yeah, who climbed up and, gra- and rocked Romito. Really was cast. it McCormick? Yeah, McCormick. Oh, right, right. The guy, McKittrick. Chaz McKittrick from Philadelphia. No? Anyway. No, the uh, guy from the Astros who robbed Real Muto. That guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that... That's not Chaz McCormick. Right away. Well, clearly it's not him. No, obviously it's not him. <laughs> Sorry to give it away. <laughs> oh, it's not him anyway. Uh, also, okay, there's another guy that I was looking at, and I have to look at this guy because I don't know him so well. Oh, yeah. Uchenna Nuoso on Seattle is a baller. The Seattle's got a bunch of baller young guys, but and also Sauce Gardner to make uh, Sanders <laughs> happy. happy and make yeah. me mad. These are the guys, I was taking notes all weekend long. I was thinking about who's still going to go. And the Patriots had all these sacks, so I thought they were the front runner. You were taking notes about who the Navy Federal defensive player. you got to keep up. Perloff is watching every game and and, and marking it down. I'm like, someone from Notre Dame? I don't know. (laughs) A lot of tackles. Bertrand? I don't know. He seemed like he was kind of all over the place in that game. All right. uh, So what are you going with? The two Patriots? Stuart? <laughs> He's trying. I was asking you. No, yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm going, okay, I told you. I'm going, going with Judon and Uche. Okay. What do you got? All right. So this week's player is Lion Safety Kirby Joseph. In Sunday's 15-9 win over the Packers, Joseph picked off Aaron Rodgers twice and added 10 tackles. The Lions, as a team, held Rodgers to just one touchdown in a 53.5 rating. Should have known. Should have known. That's I a really actually good considered one. Perloff's idea of the two Patriots. Wait, that wait was, so you were going to split them, I was going to split it. I, see, I was, I was close. Thinking- Sunday, but you weren't sure if you could split. I was actually had this whole thought process. <laughs> I was sitting on my couch and I'm like, you know, both with three sacks, you can't pick one over the other. That wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, but sacking Sam Ellinger, you all of us could do that. Yeah, but he I had mean, forty yards passing in the whole game. This isn't like what the Lions did. 
taken down Aaron Rodgers. That's a great one. Well, but That's did they really take him down or was Rodgers on the suicide mission <laughs> of a game? You could argue that. Like, Judon is now all of a sudden defensive player of the year conversation. He's got to get more pub and Stu likes to reward veterans. I don't also, know. a rare Belichick miss. Usually he when he doesn't sign a guy or re-sign them and he lets him go, it's like, oh, that there must have been something wrong with him. It's like, nope, Matthew Judon's awesome. Right, Sorry, right. are the Ravens uh, a very opposite. rare Ravens, Ravens miss where yeah. Belichick realized it and the Ravens didn't. Odd, right? Uh, yeah, I know. Usually it's – what's the guy? Remember there was a guy – oh, my God, I'm forgetting his name. He went to the Browns. He was a uh, Kruger. Paul Kruger was unbelievable with the Ravens. And then all of a sudden he got to the Browns. He couldn't tackle anyone. The Ravens, <laughs> by the way, they're front seven. Uh, it looks like every player on there is a Hall of Famer. Oh, my gosh, they're so good. And they, it's like that every year. They, they have not gone away – since I remember football, they're doing a 30 for 30 on that first Super Bowl team. Oh, the 2000 team yeah. that beat the Giants? There's a t- their trailer went out last night, and they are just brutalizing people. They have not changed that much. Yeah, yeah. that 2000 team with Ray Lewis, awesome. Should we ask Tiki about it? Probably not. Let's not. 855-212-4CBS. <laughs> Forget I said that. 855-212-4227. Let's go to Brian. He's in Alabama. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Good. How are you, Maggie? We're doing great. What's up? Hey, uh, have a different take on your uh, position as far as the Rooney rule goes and uh, Saturday as coach. I mean, sure. I think you guys are both we're both in agreement that he's not set up for success, right? I think it's going to be so, hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, so if you look at it that way, I mean, any minority candidate that goes in there is going to fail, and then he might get the stench of failure on him, even unfairly perhaps, but still he could get labeled as a failure. Uh, he, he went 0-8, couldn't do anything. And I just thought maybe that would be a, a turnoff for, for uh, potential interim coaches, and they would rather wait till the end of the year to get see where things are. But well, uh, I, I'm not I, really a Colts fan. I don't know who's there. I'm a Bills fan, like you. But hey, just a thought. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's one of the reasons they don't apply the Rooney Rule to interim coaches because it's such a tough job. Anyway, and a lot of those situations aren't real situations. Like Steve Wilkes in Carolina doesn't have a real chance to win. They just. They gave him the head coaching job, then they traded Christian McCaffrey. And uh, so basically, I I don't think they want to consider this a fair situation because it it doesn't really do what they're setting out to do. Right, but I think that where I would push back on that is, first of all, you never know what could happen. And are you if you're getting an interim tag, aren't you being – it would be unfair, I think, to just evaluate the coach purely on wins and losses. I know that's how we look at things on the outside. We're like a very wins and loss kind of society as sports fans. But if you're really in that building and you're giving someone the interim head coach, I don't think you're just judging them on wins and losses. Like, what kind of potential do you have? Again, Jim Mercer is talking about Don Shula's first three years and how bad they were and how you need to give somebody a bit of a learning curve. Why couldn't they have done that with Marvin Harrison, who's already in the building? Uh, Reggie Wayne. Or Reggie Wayne, pardon me. (laughs) Marvin Harrison is not going to be Maybe that wouldn't have been, maybe (laughs) not Marvin Harrison. Why not Reggie Wayne, who's already in the building, who's already established there? I know it's his first season, but he's just as famous as a cult legend. And he already, you know, has at least has been in the building since the offseason. The whole training camp has had a playbook, you know? Yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> there's so many weird things about this Jeff Saturday <laughs> thing. Uh, I don't know that Reggie Wayne would have been put in a better position. Usually the interim coach does not get the job, right? I, I don't have a history. Obviously, Rich Passaccia did a great job last year and didn't even... No, but you can get another job like Bruce Arians did. Okay, but generally, I would think that in the history of interim coaches, usually it's not a 
the best possible. Yeah, but this is scenario. so un- unprecedented because the interim coach is rarely a guy who's like also a legend with the franchise. Yeah, well, we'll see. I just, I don't think, I think that caller was right. You do not want to start judging interim coaches because it is a usually a terrible place to be. Yeah, but sometimes you just get ex- you get exposure on a different level that even if you're not winning, you can say, wow, well, look at, you know, how much yeah. they improve the offensive line. Like look Dan at Campbell. That. Sure. Or Dan Campbell, exactly. That's a good one. He got a job somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, but does Steve Wilkes have a great chance now? I don't know. I know, no, because the Panthers stink. Well, I mean, but maybe he's making strides. 855-212-4CBS. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.